relationship with God if you only show up one time on a weekend for an hour and 30 minutes and hope to have a good relationship. A relationship that is intimate is communication over time. That's how deep relationships happen. It's communication over time, whether it's a lot of communication in a small amount of time or a steady amount of communication over a long period of time. It's about communication over time and that's how our relationship builds. Most of us crave relationships with others. We were made that way, to be like our Creator. But relationships can be messy and hurtful as much as they can be joyful and fulfilling. Jesus came for the purpose of relationship with us, so we can truly know our Father. As Pastor Daniel teaches today, there is only one way to achieve that goal. That's through the Messiah. He's the only door. He opens others so we can have fruitful bonds with others as well. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message entitled, I Am the Door. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, You notice Jesus starts talking about the one who enters by the door is the shepherd. And we're going to see that next. So we're going to kind of table all the shepherd talk. But I want you to notice, not only is the door the proper way in, the door is the proper way out as well. The door is the proper way out. Look at what he says. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings them out, He goes before them, and the sheep follow him. So not only is Jesus the proper way in, but Jesus is also the proper way out. Now, I think this is important. I think this is exceedingly important, because so often you come to church, and the church is like, you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus, and that's your way to get into heaven. And that's true. But also, we come in to get ourselves born again, that God can do a work in our lives, and then God leads us where? out. See, it's not only about coming to Jesus and being saved. Now Jesus wants to lead you out into the world. See, I've said this a lot here at Crossroads, that Jesus does not only want to give us eternal life for ages upon ages. He wants to give us real life in the here and now. He wants to maximize this life. See, if you're here today and you have put your faith and trust in Jesus and you are in with the Father because of your faith in Jesus, now you need to let Jesus lead you out into the world, out into your school, out into your workplace, out into the highways and byways, wherever you find yourself, you are there with Jesus because he is not only the proper way in, he's the one who leads us out into the world. I love that about Jesus. If you read all through the Gospels, Jesus invites people to come to him, to come to him. 
Come to me, come to me, come to me. And then after his crucifixion, after his resurrection, you know what he tells his disciples seven out of eight times he talks to them? He says, now go. And that's the, that's the Jesus spirituality. The reality that we all want is that we come to Jesus and then he comes and he forgives us and he fills us with the spirit. And then he says, now go into the world. And Jesus wants to lead you into the world today. He wants to lead you into life. He wants to come and he wants to make your life different because he is not only the door that's the way in, he is also the way out. And he wants to lead us out into our lives. This reminds me of Romans chapter 8 verse 14 that says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And 2000 years ago when it says sons of God, it means sons and daughters of God. That was when we used to call it mankind and not humankind. Because back in the day, they didn't have uh, gender neutrality language issues like we have today. So when it says sons of God, it means the children of God, the people of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the people of God. Now, see, what's fascinating about this is that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice And he calls his own sheep by name and they hear him and he leads them out. Now we're going to see this more next week, but the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. Now, my friends, if you're here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you need to learn to hear the shepherd's voice. Now, you know why I think this is important? Because all of us have a lot of voices going. I'm not saying that you're all got like 90 voices in there. Like you need to go to the hospital and get put in a straight jacket and on some really heavy meds. I'm not saying that. In our hearts and in our minds, in a lot of ways, it's like a, it's like one of those political talk shows, you know, where there's people just yelling at each other and whoever yells the loudest gets to talk the longest. That goes on inside of each one of us where there's the voice of the way that you were raised for good and bad. That's in there. And then it's the voice of your own self-doubt, your own garbage is in there. And then there's that kind of internal critic that all day long you hear that, yeah, you're no good. You got it all messed up, man. God could never love you and no one else could either. And just, yeah, eat that box of Twinkies. It's good for you. It's going to help your heart. That's one of my voices in my heart, you know. Anyone got a Twinkie? I'm like, yeah, mm mm-hmm. See, there's all these different commentaries going on inside of each one of us. But then there's the voice of your shepherd who says, look, listen, you're not perfect, but I love you still. And you know what? I chose you knowing that you didn't have it all together. And you know what? You're never going to have it all together, but I'm doing a work in your life. And you know what? Yeah, you totally messed it up. I still love you. I never stopped. I can't ever stop. I love you because I'm loving, not because you're exceedingly lovable. So Don't worry about it. I've forgiven you. Will you forgive yourself? Come on. Join with me as we change the world. See, that's the voice of your shepherd. And if we are his sheep, if we know him as shepherd, if we know that he's not only the way in, he's the way, we need to tune our hearts into the still, small voice of our father. Because you know what the Bible says? God's voice is not yelling at you. It won't be the loudest voice. It'll actually be the quietest voice. Remember when God revealed himself to the prophet Elijah? He wasn't in the the whirlwind. He wasn't in the lightning. He was the still small voice. 
And you and I need to say, Father, teach us how to tune out all the garbage, all those different voices, and tune my heart in to your voice that you might lead me out. Because you know what happens for many of us? We come to Jesus and we believe in Jesus. And then we go out and we listen to every other voice when we're out and about in the world other than the voice of Jesus. We hear the voice of our boss, sell, 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 stomp on somebody to get to where you need to go. And you hear the voice of your parents and you hear the voice of this and that and all the needs, the real life needs that you have or think you need and the things that you think you're defining yourself by. And all these things are yelling, yelling, yelling. And there's Jesus like, no, no, no. I have a more excellent way. See, the door is the proper way to go out as well. And God is leading all of us out if we are willing to be led. But I know that for many of us, we are hearing lots of different commentaries on our lives internally. But there is the voice of God in the midst of all that noise. And when you know the shepherd's voice, he leads you out and then he goes before us and the sheep follow him. Now, I love that about Jesus. I see to me, that makes Jesus so profound because Jesus says, look, I'm not just going to point the way and be like, hey, good luck, dude. You know, pat you on the head. Okay, go for it. He says, look, I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to blaze the trail. I just want you to follow me. I just, I've already made the way for you. You just need to stay close on my heels. And I think for some of us here today, we're like Peter. Remember when Peter, when he betrayed Jesus, it says in the gospels that he followed Jesus, what? At a distance. And as he followed as a distance, at some point, then all of a sudden people came, oh, you're one of those guys with Jesus. No, 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 don't know the man. By the time it was over, he's cursing. He's hurling down curses on the person for accusing him of being exactly who he really was, which was a disciple of Jesus. If you're here today and you're following Jesus at a distance from where you used to follow him, you need to say, Lord, I want to get right on your heels again. Lord, I want to, because where Jesus is, that's where the real action is. That's where the action is. And I know what it's like. To, it's easy to get a little bit away. It's easy to be like, oh, man. I don't know, uh, you know, see, uh, there's a million seemingly justifiable reasons to get at a distance from Jesus. But the thing is, although they seem justifiable, they really only rip us off from the life that God has for us. They rip us off from the life that God has for us. And so we need to get close up on the heels of Jesus. And I think for some of us right now, you need to be saying, Lord, I want to get close to you again. Lord, I want to be close to you. And I believe there's some of you here tonight, you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, but you're saying, look, I want to come in and I want to go out. And I'm here to tell you, it's the best decision you'll ever make. If you feel the prompting of God to say, I'm going to walk in by Jesus, who's the door. And after I walk in, I'm going to let him lead me out. I'm here to tell you that your life will never be the same after you make that decision as led by the Lord. You'll never be the same. So the door is the proper way in and the door is the proper way out. But look at what happens in verse five. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him 
for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. See, the door is about relationship. That's what it's about. It's about relationship. Notice what it says. It says that the sheep will never follow a stranger's voice, but actually when they hear the stranger's voice, they're going to run away. They're going to flee. And literally, I was reading accounts from shepherds who say that if someone tried to mimic the shepherd's voice, the sheep would intuitively know that it wasn't their shepherd and they would start running in different directions like crazy because they're so tuned in to the voice of the shepherd that the stranger can't even mimic it. Why? Because it's all about deep relationship. Now, if not anything else I tell you today, this might be the most important Jesus being the door in and Jesus being the proper way for us to go out, it's all about a relationship. You and I are hardwired for relationships. That's why relationships hurt the way that they do. That's why we crave them the way that we do. That's why we fear them the way that we do. Because we were created in the image and likeness of God. And God at his core essence is relational. The Father, Son, and the Spirit always in relationship. And so you and I, we're wired for relationships. But because we live in a fallen world, relationships are kind of funky, right? We've all been hurt. We've all had things go on. We have wounds from relationships, broken relationships, relationships that we really cared about, but were ultimately unhealthy. You have all these things that go on. But the reason Jesus came and died and rose again was to solidify the opportunity for you and I to have a relationship with God. And God wants the deepest, most intimate relationship with you. And Jesus is the means for that relationship. And know what the beauty of a relationship is? You get into it, or you get out of it, what? What you put into it. That's what I've learned. I've been married for 10 years. My bride, Lynn, she's a good girl. You got to pray for her. I mean, can you imagine having to deal with me every single day? No, right? It's like, if there was salvation by works, Lynn's getting in on just brownie points. You know, it's like, but what I've learned is that you can love Jesus and have a spouse who loves Jesus. Your marriage can still be atrocious. Why? Because you got to work on it. You get out of a relationship what you put into it. And it takes two people to have a relationship. So I'm sure there's, there's some of you here today, you needed to, you came in here today, you love Jesus, your spouse loves Jesus, you're not investing in your relationship. You're not investing in that relationship. There's some of you here, your parents, maybe you have teenage kids, and I've been told that when they become teenagers, some aliens come down, they drop some crazy person in the body of your kids. I heard, I was just talking with somebody about that, and they're like, Man, you gotta pray for me all of a sudden. They became a teenager and they look the same, but they're not the same. They're kind of alien-like. Maybe you have grown-up kids and the relationship is strained because you get out of a relationship what you put into a relationship. And listen, the same is true for your relationship with God. You can't expect to have a deep, intimate relationship with God if you only show up one time on a weekend for an hour and 30 minutes and hope to have a good relationship. A relationship that is intimate is communication over time. That's how deep relationships happen. It's 
communication over time, whether it's a lot of communication in a small amount of time or a steady amount of communication over a long period of time, it's about communication over time. And that's how our relationship builds. And in order to have the relationship you want to have with God, you need to put an investment in that. You need to make a priority in that. And I'm here to tell you that your relationship with God will actually be the thing that sets the pace for all your other relationships. Because when you start having a deep personal relationship with God, God starts teaching you how the proper way to be human is. Like you start to realize that I was always taught that if you're not nice to me, what? I'm not going to be nice to you. If you don't have any time for me, I don't got any time for you. But then you start to relate with God and God says, look, it doesn't matter what you do. I'm here for you whenever you need me. And I'm always here. So you start saying, okay, so it's really not situational. The law of reciprocal affection. I'll love you if you love me back. No, God's like, I love you even if you don't love me back. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Does the whole world love God? No. Does God still love the whole world? Yeah. The only difference is, is some of us actually are part of that covenant relationship. See, God changes the way we start to live because God is different. He's got a different way of looking at it. And my friends, we need to invest in that relationship. Man, don't neglect reading your Bible. Don't neglect prayer. Don't neglect self-sacrificial service, which Jesus says is the greatest in the kingdom. Don't neglect spending time alone with God. Don't neglect praying for all your other relationships. Because you know what happens when you go in your prayer closet all upset at your spouse? You come out asking for forgiveness. That's what happens. Because you go on in there, you're like, Lord, I mean, seriously, Lord, you know everything about them. I mean, hello. And Lord's like, hello about you, bro. You go in all upset at somebody. You come out apologizing to them because you're struggling too. See, that's how the relationship with God changes every relationship because all of a sudden you realize I don't have all this wiggle room. I can't take all these mulligans and do-overs when I'm not willing to give them out as well. So it's all about relationships. See, this verse is beautiful because what we find is that when you know Jesus is the door and he's the way in and he's the way out, when you hear a stranger's voice, you're like, I don't know what that's all about. Because you're so tuned in to the relationship that you have. I'm here to ask you today, how's your relationship with God doing? I'm here to tell you, if it's not so hot, the issues are not on God's side of the wall. It's on ours. And know what the beauty is? All you have to do is show up and be like, hey, God, I need some help. And he's like, yeah, I've been waiting for that. It's not like you have to do all these things, like do 55 do si and a couple somersaults and five burpees, and then God lets you back into his good graces. It's not like that. You just have to simply come and say, God, I'm so sorry. Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. And he'll be like, great. Let's go from right where you are. I, see, in everybody else, you got to do all these gymnastics to be okay. But all you have to do is come back to God and say, I'm sorry, Lord. And God's like, okay, let's start right from there. Let's go forward. The door is all about relationship. And when you know the shepherd's voice, Everything else moves from there. It reminds us of 1 John 4, 19. It says, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. We love him because God first loved us. See, God initiated this relationship. 
We didn't initiate it. God reinitiated it. And God is sustaining it by the power of his Holy Spirit. So all the most essential knobs are on God's side of the wall. We just have to keep remembering that. But our relationship with God is because God initiated it. And what's interesting here, remember I said that this lesson happens because of that excommunication of the man from the synagogue in John 9? See, the false shepherds didn't care about this man. But Jesus did. They mistreated him and they threw him out. But Jesus cared about this guy. See, he's showing him, I'm the real deal. That's what he's saying. Now, look at what happens in verse 7. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal kill and destroy, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, the door offers salvation, fulfillment, and abundance. The door offers salvation, fulfillment, and abundance. Now, these three words, powerful. Notice what it says first. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be what? Saved. Salvation is, all, is offered. That word salvation, it means to be bought back from slavery. So no matter who you are or what you've done or what life has looked like this past week, this past year, this past decade, whatever it looks like, if you come to him, you will be saved. Safe from your past, safe from your present, safe from the future, and on into the future. A total salvation. It's there for you. Not only that, there is fulfillment. I love this little phrase here. And he will go in and out and find pasture. Now, I'm going to talk about this more as we look at Jesus being the good shepherd. But that idea of finding good pasture, everything a sheep a sheep needed was in a good pasture. It was a place to rest. It was a place to eat. Everything you need for real life, true fulfillment for a sheep is right there in good pasture. And I don't know what your heart's longing is today, but I'm here to tell you, nothing temporal will ever give you the fulfillment that comes from the truly spiritual Nothing temporal will get you what you really want. You will always be grasping, always grasping. True fulfillment comes through Jesus. And we've talked about this when he was the bread of life and we saw it in the very first week. And then finally, the door offers abundance. Notice verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is real. When a stranger calls to sheep, they run. As Pastor Daniel taught today, when we're close to God, we're familiar with his voice and his ways. He's always available to us, not just when we want him. He will always come when we call. His love is not situational. 
We're so happy that you're a part of the Jesus is Real Radio family. Jesus is Real Radio is a listener-supported program. We want to let the whole world know that Jesus is real. Your donations help make this possible. You can become a monthly supporter or give a one-time gift by text message. It's easy. Simply text your gift to 855-910-8300. That's 855-910-8300. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel tells us how Jesus called out religious leaders for not taking care of the people, then referred to himself as the Good Shepherd, a huge statement about who he is. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Amen.